The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Our theme today, let's talk about cancer, and indeed we are going to talk about it. We are, and in the context of understanding that there needs to become more of a social conversation around the possibilities and the highs and the lows of what comes with being a cancer patient, we need to talk about that and have discussion in very open forums. In just a moment, we're going to talk with a young woman who experienced cancer and has lessons to share with us. Also, we have a resource we want to put in your hands. I'll tell you how a little bit later in the program today, but it's called Reducing Your Risk for Cancer, something all of us should read. So more about that in just a few moments. Percy, you're a man of the word, so let's uh, let's start there today. Spiritual nugget for the day, my friend, is found in Psalms 22, and it reads as follows. And it ties thematically very well into the conversation that we'll hear in just a second. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Again, the show today is about having conversation, open dialogue. And in the day and age that we live in, in social media, where everybody talks about everything and shares openly, we need to include cancer into that dialogue and conversation. We're going to talk about that today. Yeah, we can learn from each other, can't we? So let's talk about cancer with our guest, Percy. Well, with me today is Samantha Stevenson, who is a former breast cancer patient who treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America at Midwestern Regional Medical Center in Zion, Illinois. And I'm just thrilled to have uh, her with me today. Welcome to the show, Samantha. Thank you. It's great to be here. Can I call you Sam? You can. Okay. My nickname is Sam, you know. Sammy. Uh, Samson. Oh, Samson. It's a whole nother story. Okay. (laughs) With that being said, thank you for being with us today. Um, We want to talk about obviously, uh, your journey, your path of being a cancer patient. Talk to me about the day that you were diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, so it was a Monday and I was at work. I found a lump in my breast myself and, uh, had gone to my OB. That was where I started. I had an appointment coming up. Um, she said it didn't feel like anything. So that she would send me for an ultrasound mammogram anyways. And they really weren't concerned, but I elected to have optional surgery, like elective, because mm-hmm. they didn't think it was okay. anything to be concerned with instead of coming back in six months. And uh, when they opened me up, that's when they found out that it was, in fact, breast cancer, okay. um, which they didn't tell me until they got the results back. I got the phone call from my doctor on Monday got while it. I was at work. Okay. And I knew that that was different because he said, call me back, they'll page me, and... Uh, I did, and he said, I'm so sorry, but it actually came back as cancer. And I don't think I heard anything else on the phone call, sure. the rest of whatever he said, because sure. it just rocked my world. And, and and having worked with cancer patients a long, long time, <laughs> some of the things that I've heard from cancer patients with regard to that day, that conversation is, it was like a, a building fell on me. The wind was knocked out of me. Um, I didn't hear anything else that was stated after that. One particular patient said mm-hmm. to me that... Cancer is the only word that you hear in bold, loud letters in your head. It was shocking. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so, and you're you're a young woman. Mm-hmm. You know, would you would I be presumptuous to to ask your age, or are you comfortable sharing that information? I if not, am, just so. I am 32 this month of August. Okay, so. well, congratulations mm-hmm. and happy early birthday. Thank you. So you're 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 a young woman, and yes. you were a young woman at that time. When yeah, you I was diagnosed. diagnosed at 28. 
So young, healthy, active, like no history in my family of breast cancer either. Wow. So it was just a very, I, re- I really wasn't concerned. Sure. And that kind of hit me different. <laughs> so after you get through your shock of hearing that, and again, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people process that very differently. Um, you began treatment. What type of treatment did you do? And we don't need to go into a lot of technical details, but what type of treatment did you pursue? Sure. So that was the first surgery. And then after that, I still had to do radiation. So I had a port placed um, so that they could give me chemotherapy through it. Um, And I went through two different types of chemotherapy. um, And then I had to do another surgery after that and radiation following. Okay. So you did quite a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine in the midst of that, again, at some point here, you leaned upon your faith, your mm-hmm. your sense of spirituality. I don't know if you belong to a local congregation, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about obviously utilizing all of the clinical things that were available to you. And I want to encourage everyone to be reminded that, again, please make sure that you have a conversation with your treating physician mm-hmm. and, and look at all of your clinical options and, and be committed to that process. Once you got down that path and started down the clinical road, when and where and how did your sense of spirituality and faith kick in? Let's talk about that. Absolutely. Faith is one of the only things that can get me through sometimes. And having a strong base in faith helped with that initial shock and getting over things and believing that for whatever reason there is something good that's going to come of it and you focus on the positive things Mm. and um that has really helped me get through it having a huge support group in faith too i had people send me just little note cards anonymously that had bible verses on them and that was just an incredible empowering thing for me that i kept and then passed on to other people how are these folks connected to you? Are you part of a group, an organization? And again, mm-hmm. what's what's not important here for this conversation, is we're not here to qualify your spiritual mm-hmm. exercise. What you do spiritually is what you do, and that's unique to you. But I'm curious as to how did others get connected to you and, and sure. begin to find out about your process? Sure. Well, I have a large family. Okay. Um, okay. That'll do it that'll right there. That'll do it. Lots of young cousins, so there's that. But I also attend a local church and small groups and things like that. So being connected to people my age and my Mm. church definitely helped um, with that support. And they kind of leaned in. You know, people brought us meals and so many different things. that. So so people just reacted to hearing about you having cancer. And again, mm-hmm. cancer, is, as I said many times, is, is a community disease. It's a family disease. It's a church disease if, you, if you're connected to someone who knows you. And they, rea- they rallied and reacted to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, how um, vocal were you about your disease initially? Were you comfortable sharing that, talking about that with people? Mm-hmm. And if you weren't, let's talk about it a little bit. So at first, the hardest thing, I think, through the beginning stages was actually telling my family Mm. because I'm not one to ask for help. I'm pretty independent and, um, I I feel like relying on my faith. I can get through a lot of things. I I am woman. Hear me roar. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. But that was the hardest part was actually telling my family, knowing I was going to be breaking their hearts because they were going to be worried for me and scared too. And, um, rocking their world, so to speak. Right. And a lot of my family members may not be as strong in their faith. So what, what do you put your faith in? Mm. Well, that can be a scary thing if you don't have anything to True. put your faith in. Right, right. Um, so that was really hard sharing with my family. And 
I knew I had to, like at that certain point when I got the diagnosis is when I shared with people. Okay. But beyond that, I've been a really open book. After, after everything, I just think education is really important, and I don't want any of my girlfriends to ever be told, like, wait six months, and then it's too late. Right. Or things look so different. So you, in a way, you, you felt like that you've become an advocate. Absolutely. Okay. Do you own that or do you wear that mantle? Let's talk about being an advocate. What does that mean to you? Um, being there to support others and answer questions if they do. Since people know that I'm a survivor, they, they contact me and ask questions if they have a concern about themselves or a loved one. And I'm pretty open that I'm not a doctor. But that, in my opinion, if there's something that changes in your body, you definitely need to be your own advocate mm-hmm. and pursue that for yourself. So, Would you say that there are, at least in your social environment and sphere of influence, that that's not necessarily the mentality of a lot of people, that they're, that they're not that they don't advocate on their behalf? Let's talk about that. I think you've, mm-hmm. you've touched upon something really interesting of young women, that's the demographic that you mm-hmm. just described that you represent. How much advocacy do you think is part of that community? I'm young. Mm-hmm. I have my whole life ahead of me. I'm still having a good time, blah, blah, blah. Right. Let's talk about that. And, and, and how does the health conversation come into that right. arena? Absolutely. You know, being someone who was really young and healthy, I wasn't concerned. And so this elective surgery for something that was supposedly nothing, they said, come back in six months and we'll do another ultrasound and mammogram. I mean, I didn't want to pay for a surgery. I didn't want to go in like and incur more financial burden. Yeah. So that thought crossed my mind, but I prayed a lot about it. And honestly, I just got urged to go ahead with the surgery like Money is money. You're always going to have debt kind of... I mean, what is it in the grand scheme of things? But I think, especially for young people, it is hard to diagnose because we have dense breasts. Like, they're uh, they're dense. It's hard to see. It just can't can't be seen as well. That being said, there are different things that you can notice on your body. If something changes that hasn't been there for forever and you notice it, you really should go in and, and pursue that. And again, so that I can be clear, you were diagnosed at 28 years old. And the average 28-year-old female is not typically talking about this on a Friday night eating nachos. Right. You want to enjoy life. And, and the other half of that is maybe people don't want to know. Like, I don't want to go in and get it checked out because I really don't want to know. There have been instances where I, f- I feel that, too. Where you get scared at at knowing, so you'd rather just right. put it on the side burner. So then your takeaway, uh, as I hear this conversation, particularly from a spiritual perspective, is we need to talk. Let's talk, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Let's have some conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's put some things out there on the table. Let's be an advocate. What's driving that? Is it the fact that... Uh, you're obligated to live life to its fullest as God has intended for it to be. Don't waste that opportunity. Don't mislead yourself in thinking that can't happen to you. Let's tie this together from some kind of spiritual dynamic here. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about saving lives, right? And you can save lives in many different ways. There's spiritual ways, physical ways. So this is a way that you can do both and walk alongside of people, you know, like Jesus would have. And just be there in the hard times and the good times. Be a support mm-hmm. and um, be open to that kind of that kind of stuff. So for me, 
walking through this journey and having a different vantage point, like a faith-based vantage point, helped me to see a lot of the good through this journey. I've met so many incredible people and connected to people in so many different ways. My life looks completely different. My Mm -hmm. perspective has changed like 360. Wow. So what is one big thing that you came away with that you're different now, that you're willing to share with our audience? That life is worth living, and there are so many beautiful things to explore. You have to find those positive moments, and you have to hold on to them. You can't, you can't sit and dwell in the negative because it's not going to serve a purpose. Being there for others is really important to have that connection and encourage other people in whatever way they need. This is Samantha Stevenson, a former breast cancer patient, who basically is telling us in the words of Jesus to live life and live it to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Well, Samantha, thank you for being a part of the program here today and sharing what you've been through with us so that we can learn together. Percy, I do have a question. Uh, Samantha's pretty young when she was diagnosed with cancer. Any statistics on how cancer is affecting younger people? Amazingly, there are. And again, we need to be aware of the fact that younger people are being diagnosed with cancer. So here we go. According to the American Cancer Society, at cancer.com, Again, cancer.org, more than 60,000 young adults between the ages of 20 and 39 years of age are being diagnosed with cancer each year, which represents, Wayne, 4% of the overall cancer diagnosis that are being made. All right. So it is happening among younger people. It is. And therefore, we need to encourage them to have dialogue and discussion and to think about at 24, 25, 26 years of age. That, that group is not thinking about being sick or ill and certainly not about the possibilities of death or dying. Yes. Well, we're thankful for Samantha's testimony here today. And she feels very empowered to share that for the very reason that we're making the point that she represented a demographic that needs to have this discussion and be open about hearing this. Regardless of your age, we have a resource that we want to put into your hands, and I'll give the website in just a moment. It's called Reducing Your Risk for Cancer, so stay tuned for how to download that. But as you listen today, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, where they treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. How can you reduce your risk for cancer? Well, there's some ideas that we have that we want to pass along to you, and we put these together into a resource. Percy, our friends can download this right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's available to them right now, and please download it and share it with others as you go along to understand how you can begin to reduce the possibility. Yeah, part of our purpose for making this a free download is we want you to share it. We want you to print as many copies as you want, pass them around, or pass the link around to others so they can download it as well. We want as many people to be aware 
aware of these free resources as possible because the intent here is to empower and to engage our community around the conversation about cancer. It's in the name of our program, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. All right, so go to that website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's talk about what's in this resource. Well, again, the resource is very straightforward, and we start out with a couple of very uh, several practical things that we want people to be mindful of. Number one, Wayne, we want people to get active. We're not necessarily using the word exercise because we know that when people hear the word exercise, (laughs) they go to a different place psychologically. (laughs) We want you to get active. As a matter of fact, one of the programs offered at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America is called Motion for Life, getting Mm. people moving because our body was basically engineered, think about this, of moving joints. Yeah. And what happens when joints and hinges get stiff and are not moved frequently we start getting a little creaking and a little, you know, interesting things going on. Can there. I get a witness? <laughs> I, it, it takes me back to mind to the Wizard of Oz when the when the Tin Man got rained on and he just got all <laughs> stiff and rigid. Well, I that, know exactly what you mean. That actually can happen to us when we're not moving and we're not exercising motion in our lives. And so, get getting active is one of the first things that we're suggesting to people. And you're doing this. I mean, you're not a cancer patient, but you're getting on your bike now. I'm not as a Matter of fact, because of uh, other motivation for me, I wanted to just begin to change the course of direction of my physical being, how I felt, my energy, et cetera, et cetera. So I began looking at different options. And one of the options that I've landed on through a process of walking and some jogging was cycling because it became a great form of cardio. But it, it was it was a way to get my body moving and active and engaged in a way that I didn't really think about what I was doing, but it has tremendous benefits physically, mentally, emotionally. It's great spiritual time to commune with the Father, etc. Mm-hmm. What part does our immune system play in cancer prevention? Well, you know, the immune system, and there's a lot of conversation still in the marketplace around uh, what is affecting our immune system, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The goal here is to attempt to try to support our immune system as much as we possibly can. And one of the things that we can do is, is again, to modify some of our dietary practices by eating as much as we can clean foods, fruits, grains, vegetables, and proteins. And, again, uh, Carolyn Lammersfield, who we've had on the show many times, has encouraged us around that school of thought. Getting a good night's rest also has potential impact upon our immune system. It is interesting, Wayne, that many Americans are not getting the recommended amount of sleep. So they're sleep deprived. That can make a big difference. And it makes a huge difference in terms of how we feel and how our bodies are functioning and operating. And then here's something that we don't think much about that may be impacting our immune system. But the Bible encourages us that a a merry heart does good like a medicine. We need to learn how to laugh more. Yeah, we do a little of that around here from time to time, don't we? it's, It's important. And I'm kind of a typically serious guy. I'm learning how to relax and laugh and have more fun and not take everything so serious. But our immune system, in some cases, may be impacted by, again, allowing uh, what they call endorphins to be released that gives us a kind of a, a, a natural chemical reaction of feeling better, being energized, and being strengthened. These are some things potentially that we can do to help 
possibly impact our immune system. I know you have more to say on this point of reducing your risk for cancer, but you've put these points together into a resource that can be downloaded right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. So go look for that even as we talk about these things today. Let's talk about stress. That has to have an impact here. There is virtually nowhere in the marketplace from a research perspective that you can look at that we don't hear something about talking about the dynamics of stress in our life. And ultimately, at the end of the day, what we have come to understand is that stress is a killer, that it can cause so many different affects upon our our body and our physicality and our emotions that we really need to begin to look at ways to reduce and manage the stress levels in our lives. I don't think we can remove stress out of our lives, but we can manage it better and we can begin to disperse the stress out of our lives in different ways. For those of us who are people of faith, of course, the Bible has a lot to say about worry, doesn't it? It does. Again, it tells us basically not to worry, not to take any thought for tomorrow because tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. So it's helping us to understand how to displace or uh, how to channel our, our stress and worry and thought into different compartments. And I think that's a that's an area that we all can work on. Yeah, we can pray. We can pray. And we can open up to other people to reduce our stress. We can open up to others. We can certainly release certain things that are going on inside of us. That's really what we're doing when we're verbalizing and communicating. It's a form of releasing certain things that may be pent up inside of us. Again, laughter, uh, having a moment where we can just kind of look at something and, and enjoy ourselves helps to relieve our stress and to release our stress inside of our being. And again, obviously, uh, doing other things that gives us a sense of freedom and relaxation, taking a walk. We've already mentioned that doing something in nature, you know, embracing a hobby that, you know, gives you just delight that you can kind of take your mental thoughts out of the seriousness of the day where you can begin to decompress and relax a little bit in a different manner that allows you to focus on different things that allows you to feel a sense of freedom, a sense of release and a sense of relieving yourself from the day to day grind of being just an everyday person, not let alone being a cancer patient. And then the fourth and final point in this resource, and we've, we've spent whole programs, many programs talking about this, the importance of a balanced diet. Again, I cannot and we should not uh, understress this enough that, again, what we should understand that our day-to-day uh, intake of food and, and our diet really is a crucial component to many cases mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, how we feel, how we react, how we respond, because it is connected to so many different aspects of our physical well-being. So, again, some things like lowering and eliminating uh, intake of sugar and processed foods. We've talked about that on the show. Yeah, and I have a recommendation. Why don't you subscribe to our podcast through our webpage and go back and listen to those programs, especially the ones about a balanced diet and avoiding sugar and, and these sorts of things. All of these programs are there available as a podcast. You can subscribe at our website. Yeah, we probably have anywhere from a half a dozen shows that is specific to the subject. Uh, I think new- more than that. Yeah, yeah. Of nutrition, modification, sugar, all sorts of things that are related to the dynamic of what we're eating, how we're eating, and how it does impact our physical well-being. So here's how you subscribe. Simply go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. You'll find a subscribe button there. Click on that. It will take you through the process where you'll automatically receive the podcast from Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And why don't you pass that link along to others? And we have tens of thousands of people who are subscribing now, and we want to help tens of thousands more. Exactly. That 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 community is growing by leaps and bounds. We're getting close to 100,000 subscribers as we speak right now today. 
of individuals who have tapped into these free resources and therefore have now begun to receive this, uh, the broadcast and the podcast directly to them. And then you can share and link those podcasts on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and then just send that out to your community great and idea. pass that information along. Love it. Just a great idea. Okay. One more time to download Reducing Your Risk for Cancer as a PDF, which you can download, print, and share. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's return to that scripture verse you opened with today. So let's close strong because we started out strong, Wayne, with the word of God. Psalms 22, and it tells us, uh, 22, verse 22, I will proclaim your name. That's what our, our guest talked about today was talking, verbalizing, mm-hmm. sharing, speaking. I will proclaim your name. We've got to use our mouth and make it do its duty uh, to my brothers and my sisters or my community or those around me. I will praise you, hallelujah, among your assembled people. The assembled people are people at your work, on your job, and your social, your Facebook friends. Open up your mouth and make it do its duty today. Your mouth was designed to praise and worship God and declare his goodness in the earth. Make it do its duty and make it honor who God is in your life. That's Reverend Percy McRae. And Percy, thanks for your investment in our life through this program. Listen, man, the best is still yet to come. I'm excited and I'm glad that we're still doing this together. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.